0: Good evening. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Bill's story, and our speaker tonight is Denise R.
1: Thank you, Denise. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for asking me to do service tonight. Grateful to be here. Um, My name is Denise R. I'm from Chicago, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. qualified first. My estimate date is actually July seventeenth, twenty 2021, um, maintaining a 107-pound weight loss, and just grateful to be here and to be a servant. Okay, I'm going to set aside everything I think I know and collaborate here with God. So here we go. Uh, Bill's story, uh, page one, first paragraph. Um, you know, Bill was flattered at being a war hero, right? It says here was love, applause, and more. When I, when I read that, I think about when I was younger and um, I was the firstborn girl. So like my mom, she wanted a, a girl so that a daughter. And so um, I was doted over. I mean, I got a lot of attention and I was also um, athletic as a child. So I was in dance, gymnastics, cheerleading, kind of always on stage. So the attention and the applause, that was something that I was used to. Um, Bill goes on to say I was part of life at last. And in the midst of the excitement, I discovered liquor. Um, you know, for me, when I started really abusing, when my disease really kicked in um, and, and when I was abusing food and, and sugar and everything else, um, mm-hmm. my parents worked full time. So they were out at work all the time. My brothers were older than me. They were taking care of me, but I, was, I had no supervision. So every day after school, I'd come home And I would just binge on everything. Um, Ice cream, sugary cereals, you know, cookies, chips, whatever. Um, I had freedom. I had freedom. And I was, you know, I I discovered all those snack foods. Um, So I really didn't show much of my weight, though, because I was very athletic. Like I said, I was in dance, cheerleading, gymnastics. I was very athletic and I had to Um, you know, stay lean in order to perform in those sports. So my weight really didn't show. Uh, Bottom of page one, Bill says, uh, I fancied myself a leader. And then a little further down, he said, my talent for leadership. Um, When I was in high school, I was on the cheer squad and I was, 30 girls tried out to be on the varsity squad. And I was one of two girls that were chosen, myself and uh, Susie Park. And so it was a co-ed cheer squad where the boys had a lift the girls and I was, uh, you know, co-ed cheer squads are pretty popular today, but back in the day, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of new I went to school in the, in the 80s. Um, and I thought for sure my senior year, that was junior year, I thought for sure my senior year that I would make the squad, but what happened was, is all the senior boys had graduated and then there were new boys in there that were doing the lifting. And so at the tryouts, none of the boys could lift me. I, I wasn't huge, hugely overweight or anything. I think I was just really muscular and everything, but they couldn't lift me. And so I didn't make the squad. And that was the first time that my weight had affected my life and what and my desires and what I wanted. Um, it was a huge blow to my ego. Um, so I did fancy myself as a leader. I thought I'd be captain of that squad because I was one of only two juniors that made varsity the year before. And when I didn't even make the squad, you can imagine. Uh, page two, first paragraph. Potential alcoholic that I was, I nearly failed my law course. You know, this is Bill trying to make it on Wall Street, you know, studying, uh, um, you know, economic business and law. And for me, the word potential, you know, this is potential alcoholic that I was, you know, it kind of reminds me of the denial that I was in, you know, when I got married, you know, after high school and everything, got married, got pregnant, you know, I really didn't believe I had a problem. When I, when I got pregnant, it was like, oh, that's raw, eat whatever the heck I want. And there's no shame in it because I'm pregnant after all, I'm eating for, you know, eating for two. So, you know, I didn't have any shame and I was in complete denial that I even had an issue. Um, page three paragraph, first paragraph says, for the next few years, fortune threw money and applause my way, I had arrived. When I think about all the diets that I went on, where I thought, you know, this is it, this is the trick, this is what's going to what's going to fix me. Um, You know, the cabbage soup diet, the hard boiled egg diet, you know, the banana diet, you know, eating bananas for every meal, you know, And I did lose weight. You know, I was standing up in weddings. This is after, you know, uh, you know, a lot of my friends were getting married and stuff, having babies. So I was standing up in weddings. So I'd go on these crash diets, and I did lose the weight. But of course, once the wedding was over and I started eating again, there, you know, there I was. But after every diet, I thought, this is it. You know, I've arrived. Here I am. Um, My marriage started having problems, and in 1997, I actually went to Al-Anon. Uh, at the advice of a counselor, and about nine years into Al-Anon, I was sponsoring someone who mentioned OA, and I said, "What's that?" And she said, "Oh, it's Overeaters Anonymous, it's a 12-step program, you know, for people that have issues with food, you know, food addiction." It's like, and the light bulb went on right away because I knew, I knew I had a problem with food. I went to my first OA meeting in 2006. I got a sponsor because in Al-Anon, I learned to get a sponsor and you work the steps. So I did that right away. I did the steps in the OA 12 and 12 and I lost weight. I treat it like a diet though, you know, I treat it like a diet group support as people say. Um, about five years into that, and I went in, I, I came into OA around 186 pounds and I got down to maybe like 150 somewhere around there. And about five years in, I went to the Region 5 OA convention here in Chicago, and they were they were talking about the big book. And I was intrigued. You know, I, I, I had never learned about the big book, studied the big book, had a big book, none of it. So I decided I would go ahead and check it out. So I went into this meeting room where they were talking about it, and they were on the doctor's opinion. It's the first time I ever heard the doctor's opinion, and I was blown away. I was like, wow, I totally identified this as me. You know, I, I definitely understood. Um, they were handing out business cards at the, end of that, at the end of that meeting. And they were little business cards that had a phone meeting on it called the coffee shop. So I, I took one of those business cards and I started listening to that phone meeting where they studied the big book. And I, I went every day and I, you know, highlighted, I had my big book, taking notes and everything. Um, I got myself what I would say is a big book thumper as a sponsor, because I wanted to do the steps in the big book. And so, um, I, you know, I was on kind of what I thought at the time was restrictive. No gum, no coffee, no caffeine, you know, things like that. Um, but I, I did work with this big book bumper and um, she kept putting me back at step one. Like, and what, what, Why do I keep people going back to step one? And I had just finished my step. It was a few times I was back at step one, but I just finished my fourth step. I did all this work to do my fourth step and all those changes, right? And and she, we, I was just about to do my fifth step. And I think I had like a piece of cheese on a sandwich or something. And she put me back at step one. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I can't do this. I can't do it. You know, I just kind of threw up my hands and said, forget it. Um, you know, I thought I was already thin, I can do this. You know, I can do this myself. I got to where I was back in high school, you know, about 130 pounds. So at the same time, I was was attending the retreats for um, that coffee shop phone meeting. They had conventions and retreats and I was going there. I was looking good and feeling good. Um, But the coffee shop meeting was splitting up they were splitting up and they were going to split to two different phone meetings. And I loved, you know, the pioneers of, of the meeting. I loved them both. And I couldn't decide where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And so it was kind of at that point where I quit working with the big book bumper. I thought, you know, forget it. I can't decide on these phone meetings. I quit going to the phone meetings and I quit away. Why? Because I had arrived. i was been, I was looking good. I was feeling good. I had arrived. So we all know what happens next, right? Uh, Page five, first paragraph. Liquor ceased to be a luxury, it became a necessity. And then a little further down, it says, Gradually things got worse. Yeah, for me, they did. So I left in 2012. Three years later, when in 2015, when I ended up going back into OA, I was. Over 100 pounds heavier. I was at the highest weight I've ever known, which was 236. At least I think it was around there. I didn't weigh myself much because I really didn't want to. Bottom of page five. I had written lots of sweet promises. You know, where had been? Where had been my high resolve? Bill says, right? I tried control eating, controlled eating, and I, I couldn't get two or three days under my belt. I couldn't. Um, fellows from my home group were texting me, Denise, come back, come back to OA you know, we love you unconditionally, I was just so fat and ashamed uh, to go back, I I said to them, I got to go on a diet, I cannot come back there looking like this. So mind you, the local meetings I was going to they were oa 12 and 12 meetings. And since I, I, I lost all that weight using the big book and everything, you know, I carried around that big book on my hip, I walked around, like I knew everything, my ego was out to here. I was thin, I thought, you know, I thought I've got all this, how could I go back now at 236 pounds and show my face? You know, I was so ashamed. I couldn't even stand a diet. So I, I ended up going back because I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't do anything and I knew this was the only place for me. Top of page six I told myself I would manage better next time. And then a little further down, Bill says, the remorse, horror, and hopelessness of the next morning are unforgettable. Yeah, so I definitely have a broken memory, because I would always say, I'm never going to do this again, I'm never going to, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tomorrow, it's going to be a different day, right? I can't tell you how many times I threw in the towel, though, you know, I, I lost my abstinence. Um, if I lost weight and got on the scale, I rewarded myself because I lost weight. If I gained weight, when I got on the scale, I said, screw it, I can't do it. I threw in the towel and said, forget it, I'm just, I'm just going to eat. Bottom of page six. Then came the night when the physical and mental torture was so hellish, I feared I would burst through my window. Page seven, I met a kind doctor who explained I had been seriously ill bodily and mentally. So I can't really talk about this disease without bringing up the mental obsession. You know, Um, being in a way ruined my binges. Like I can't eat happily ever again, because I know, you know, what this program is, is all about. And, and more than that, I know I have this to be I, I know who I am, you know, I know who I am. Um, so enjoying that, uh, which really truthfully, it, it, it was never a joy, right? Every time I did binge, I felt terrible. Um, Page 8, no words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quick sand stretched all around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. I'd like to say when I came back after those three years, that three-year hiatus that I took, I'd like to say I became recovered, but I didn't. I spent seven more years in relapse. I was in relapse a total of 10 years, a decade just like Bill, in and out, in and out. Page nine, you know, Bill sees ebby right? The door opened and he stood there, fresh-skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes. He was explicit, explicit inexplicably different what had happened. I heard a fellow from my home group on the Vision For You uh, meeting. And the last time I spoke to this fellow, she had called me devastated over an almond she had had an extra almond or something she was weighing and measuring she was devastated she was hysterically crying this was years before and i thought oh my gosh this crazy is so judgmental of me this woman's crazy i am never going to weigh and measure my food i am never going to be obsessed with the food scale like this this is you know this is insane However, that morning on the Vision for You meeting, I heard her and she just sounded fantastic. And I couldn't believe she was, it was the same person that was hysterically crying over almonds. you know, I didn't see it in her eyes, but I heard her voice. She was different. She had something. It was at that moment, I decided to call into the live meeting and put my name out there as a newcomer. That was February of 2021. I did it and I got a lot of calls, so many that I was overwhelmed. And I couldn't call them all back. I saved their name and numbers on my phone, but I didn't call them all back. I talked to a few people. You'd think at that moment, right, I would have maybe taken action, gotten a sponsor, done something. Nope. Six months later, I'm sitting at a pool. I'm in a swimsuit. like a stuffed sausage. It's July of 2021. I'm ashamed to get up and even go into the water. I don't want people to look at me. I ended up going into the pool anyway. It was hot, my legs chafing as I walked back to my chair, the chair that I could barely get in and out of. I sit back in the chair and there's a text message from a fellow. It's one of those fellows that had called me six months earlier that I saved their name and number to my phone that I never spoke with. But I got a text from them that said, hey, you put your name out there on that Vision for You meeting in February, and I'm just wondering how you're doing. Five-minute five, five minute warning, Denise. Thank you so much, Leslie. I thought, this is crazy. How does she even remember me? I can't believe she sent me a, she sent me a message, but I was so glad she texted and she didn't call. Because if she called me, I, I wouldn't have picked up the phone. But a text, I could work with a text. So I responded. And I said, I'm not doing well. I can't get you know, a few days under my belt, you know, a week, whatever, I can't, I can't stay abstinent. And she said, here, try these links to these meetings. So I clicked on the links. I don't know where the willingness came from, but I clicked on the links, and that's where I found my sponsor. Page 11, third paragraph, God had done for him what he could not do for himself. He was talking about Abby. Powerlessness, you know, I was completely powerless over the disease. disease. Bottom of page 11, here said a miracle directly across from from the kitchen table, a miracle. You know, I believe in miracles. I believe I'm a miracle. I believe others, fellows, you guys are all miracles, right? Top of page 12, his roots grasp a new soil. And when I think of that, I think, you know, he was replanted with God, God's centers. And I have had a root transplant. I have had a root transplant. God is now the center of my life today page 12 first paragraph the word god and then a little little further down bill says i didn't like that idea right page 12 i can't talk about this uh, i can't lead it this meeting without sharing this uh this sentence page 12 second paragraph why don't you choose your own conception of god you know, I know we're kind of getting into step two and we're talking about step one, you know, Bill's story tonight, but i I'd just like to kind of wrap up my story and say, you know, I grew up in organized religion. I I knew a God. I, I knew how to pray to a God, but I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't have a higher power. When it came to food, I wanted nothing to do with God. In fact, I would say, you know, go away. I don't, I don't want, you know, I learned told God to stay out of my food. Don't mess with my food. Shh. Page 12, fourth paragraph. It was only a matter of being willing. Like I said, I don't know where the willingness came from to click on those links to those meetings. I don't know where the willingness came from to call the woman who, when I clicked on the link, said, do you have a sponsor? And I said, not really. And she said, well, give me a call. I don't know where the willingness came from to call her. I don't know where the willingness came from to enter the hospitalization period where I was told, you know, don't go out to eat. Focus on your step work. I don't know where the willingness came from to talk to talk back to the food that was calling me. You know, I was white-knuckling it at first. I was walking into work for donuts and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, it was hard at first. I was definitely white-knuckling it. But I started talking to God. One minute, the... please. Thank you. I don't know where I got the willingness to get it, purchase a scale, a food scale. But I weigh and measure my food today. And I weigh it every day. Willingness to make three phone calls a day. I don't know where it came from. Page 13, second paragraph. There I humbly offered myself to God. I started doing mirror meditations, talking to God. I told God I hated my body. My body image was very poor. I hated my life. And God said to me, I'm going to show you something. I went to the store. I ran in to get something, ran back out. There was someone that was in a wheelchair getting in and out of the store. And when I ran in and ran out in that five minutes, they were still struggling to get in the store. And I thought, okay, God. I love my legs, thank you for my leg. I'm sorry, I said I hate my leg. You know, I walk along the lakefront here in Chicago. I mean, I'm grateful I have the legs that I have. Page 14, second paragraph, simple but not easy. I cleared the wreckage of my past as I worked through the steps, put one foot in front of the other. You know, for me, um, page 14, third paragraph, there was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity I had ever known. You know, neutrality around the food, mostly neutrality around relationships. My life has meaning today. You know, God has given me a new purpose. Um, Bottom of page 14, while I lay in the hospital, the thought came a little further down. Perhaps I could help some of them. For me, the immunity of this disease is, the vaccination for me is helping others. Okay, Leslie, I'll wrap it up. Sponsorship keeps me in the book, working the steps and self-sacrifice by helping others. And um, I'm always asking God where I can be of service. That's how I stay absent. I stay connected to fellows and do Mm -hmm. God's work. And I believe God works through all of us living stuff, you know, 10, 11, and 12. And if I'm not doing a good step 12, I'm going to end up back at step one. And I'll just close by saying thank you again for, for letting me share. Um, there's this little parable about a snake and a firefly. And the snake was trying to eat the firefly. And the firefly said, am I part of your food chain? And the snake, snake said, no. And the firefly said, "Then why are you trying to eat me? And the snake said, because I'm sick of you shining your light all over the jungle. I wanna shine my light. If any of you are new, I would just say, don't let the disease keep you in the dark, shine your light, don't let that all pass Thanks.
0: Thank you so much, Denise. That was wonderful. Okay. we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares, as this is a big book study. Sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter uh, or step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share uh, or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star night on your phone. And Victoria will rate, will call the raised hand. Actually, I think I'm supposed to call the raised hands in order, um, and ask you to unmute when it's your time. Okay. With the timekeep with Leslie, will you still do three minutes? Yes. Thank you so much uh, for each share and announcement. Time is up, and if um, Denise is asked a question, uh, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, let's see. Barbara, you are first.
2: Hi, um, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm a, a recovering food addict. I could so relate to the stories. I really believed that I was hopeless. I've struggled with this disease for most of my life and I am in my 70s now, so I think I put on my fourth step that I was so ashamed because I think I've been an OA longer than anyone, although that's really a form of pride. But anyways, I really did believe I was hopeless until someone reached out to me, Um, let's see, I think it's 70 days ago, and she told me what she was doing. And I said, I want what you have. And I called the nutritionist the next day and got a food plan. And thank God I have been abstinent from my uh, (laughs) addictive foods the whole time. And so that really is a miracle for me. And um, I'm so, I just can't say how grateful I am because I never believed that this would happen. And so um, I really appreciate the fellowship and this meeting and the chance to work through the steps again, this time really seriously. And uh, I loved everything that you said, especially about how you um, recovered at the end and doing service, which is really, cannot wait to get through the steps so that I can do service also and share uh, with someone else and help someone else. So with that, I'll pass, thanks.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Lisa,
3: you are next. Hi everybody, my name is Lisa and I am a sugar addict and compulsive overeater stress eater, emotional eater. Um, Denise, thank you so much. You know, I, I related to a lot in your story. Um, I've been coming around to OA for about, it's been a year now. And I have um, success in another 12-step program, but, you know, the food was really hard, you know, and um, I've been struggling on and off, you know. Up until this past month, when I finally conceded to my inner self that I was a chronic alcoholic, I mean, a chronic eater. Um, I couldn't get any time together and I thought about what I did to what was important and how I got sober and, um, I had to do the same thing. You know, I had to surrender and, um, be willing to do whatever my sponsor told me to do because my ways didn't work. You know, when I got to that point where I was willing to call her every day, um, send in my food every day, I weigh my food. I go to. I'm going to a meeting every day. I'm going every day, no matter what. I'm going to a meeting, Um, and I and I put together 24 days of abstinence. And before that, I could not even think about it. To think that I haven't had my binge foods in 24 days is is not me. (laughs) Today I had a real stressful day at work. Um, One of those days that I you know I work at a new job and they have all these snacks in the snacks you know an overeaters paradise they have at their place and they limit you to one snack a day and I'm like oh my gosh that doesn't work for this chronic go- uh, overeater and um I've been doing it I don't even go near the crop it when I surrendered on my last binge it was like God's grace and he's taken the compulsion away so I can get through the steps so I can keep this abstinence and I'm so grateful for that and Um, This is my second time at this meeting, and I have really enjoyed hearing um, Bill's story. You know, there's a lot of people pass over, but there's so much in that story that I could relate to, and I have highlighted it, and I just highlighted some more stuff that Denise brought up. Thank you for sharing your experience, strength, and hope.
0: Thank you, Lisa.
3: Okay, Denise. All right. Hi, everybody.
4: Again, you compulsive overeater. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what I was going to say because there's so much Denise. I totally felt your humility as soon as from the beginning, all the way through. And that's such, that's why I come and Bill's story. It's so interesting because I I could go off in tangents all over, but somebody was asking me about a particular step and it totally took me back to when I came and I just, I didn't realize what was throwing me off, but the idea of doing things a certain way and having a God of a certain way and everything. And I realized I can't even say that G-O-D. I mean, in the process of getting honest and the truth was there was a whole lot of blockage involved in what I would like my conception of a higher power to be. And then I remember someone recommending me or suggesting, you know, read Bill's story. And I was like, I don't want to, it's going to be a little list of shoulds and this is how to do it and everything. And the whole, it's like when you read something and out of sheer desperation, even when I don't think it's going to work, my jaw drops and I'm like nodding, like, yes, yes, yes. And yes, of my understanding. And then, I mean, we haven't said any that part of the big book here, but the, idea of logic versus faith and you know all those shoulds were logics and all those shoulds were opinions and it only takes one true glimmer of hope for me to believe in the one of my understanding whether anyone agrees with it or not and that's what I learned in these rooms in working with a sponsor that it's about a life of truth. And in my understanding of any religion or any type of God, it's about living a life of truth and it's going to that power. And I tell you with all the complications in my little teeny brain that can cause the 101 forms and one more form of complication and shoulds and this and that and fear. It's like I have this... I've this, got this annoying project at work that's been going on and on and on and on and on for months. And I just, you know, eventually I got to this point of where instead of wanting to throw somebody out the window, including my sanity, it was like this afternoon. okay, God, eventually, let's see, let's see, let me go through it. It might actually get done with one simple phone call. It's like in God's time, in God, maybe, we'll see, in his will or not. but. What I really in this 10 seconds that I might have left want to stress for myself more than anything. I keep saying the one of my understanding will not let me miss the boat, even if things don't look perfect. If I do something that is like, not the perfect glued employee or something and I miss a call and I should have and I could. There's a way through this. And it doesn't mean I'm bad or anything like that. I got to go to this beautiful gala event last night that I did not expect to. And for the girl who planned everything, because being, you know, right and wrong is the way to live life. And if I didn't plan it, then it wasn't going to happen with all that self pressure I. It's what happens when God works. It's what happens when God works in the afternoon to try and just be a servant to the client to the job to everything else it's what happens thank you it's it's what happens when I want to eat my way out of everything and everything looks good and I need a daily reprieve and here you guys are when I didn't think I'd make it so thank you so much
0: thank you Ganeet okay Amy
3: L Hi everyone, Amy here from
5: California. And uh, thank you so much, Denise, there you are. Um, there were so many parts I related and um, I I had that experience of, well, I, I've been in and out of the rooms for many, many years, but I remember coming back um, almost 20 years ago and feeling like I had arrived (laughs) just as you described and truly I was I was so in my bondage of self I was so fixated on my weight and not just my weight but being um this kind of OA poster person and sponsoring and speaking and it and where was my humility? And where was my connection to God? Um, and of course I relapsed and I I, I, I didn't admit it. And I have exercised, believe me, I didn't, I didn't claim my seat as recovered binge eater, exercise bulimic, and restrictor. And I managed my body and controlled my body. And that's, you know, always leads down to back into more and more disconnection and pain. And I left and I um, remember that in the years, trying to come back and the shame of the waking. And I remember, even calling my former sponsor and I had worked with her for six years and asking to take me to a meeting and then not being able to get out of the car and go in that door. I had so much pride. And so coming back again, and I i came back, I, I didn't leave for many years, but I couldn't get it. I, I because I was trying to get what I had before and God did not want me to get what I had before because I didn't have freedom. So coming back a few years ago, my news sponsor said, are you willing to have a beginner's mind? And she taught me the set aside prayer and You know, I had to let go of so much more than I thought I had to let go. So that's all I'll share. But um, thank you so much again, Denise. Thank you everyone for your service. And I'm
3: so grateful for this meeting and for this group. Thank you.